tonight, 30 minutes of very remarkable entertainment. Coming to you live with your host for tonight, Mr. Barth Gimbel. Tonight, Barth's guest will be Sal Maglioni, who has just undergone his change of life. A certain Mr. Jay Carter, who will go face to face with Barth himself. The FCC marching band, and Happy Kind and the Mirthmakers. And me, I'm Jerry Hubbard. And now your host and mine, Mr. Barth Gimbel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special sideshow. Special to me, special to Joe. I'm going to say this is the quintessential Fred Willard Memorial Podcast Remembrance. Fred Willard passed away about two weeks ago, and instead of rushing to do a Fred Willard sideshow last week, Joe and I decided, you know, this is somebody we really like. This is somebody whose body of work requires a little more research. And by research, I mean laughing our ass off over the past week. I've probably watched, and I'm not kidding, I've probably watched 30 hours of clips between his TV shows, his movies, and his, I'm going to say, 50 years of late night TV skit appearances yep watching tv with fred willard was fun i'm joe carnival personnel sideshow i'm jacques and we're going to try to remember the fuck out of fred willard one guy who growing up i'd seen in some movies i'd seen him appear on tv i'd hear his voice he was a familiar face and personality to me growing up little did i know how much deeper his career went until I started doing research on him for this particular podcast. Yeah. Well, let's start off at the beginning. Joe, lots of times when people we like who pass away, who, I mean, he was not a young guy. When they pass away, I remember you said it uh, during the Don Rickles sideshow. He passed away with dates on the books. And Fred Willard has a new TV show coming out on Netflix with Steve Carell. He does. It's the Space Force Netflix. So we're going to start at the very beginning, which meaning the very last thing that he's involved in. Is that how well, the beginning works for well, you? No, no, no. <laughs> we, 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 we can go back. But I do want to point out that he passed away two weeks ago, two weeks ago tomorrow, and he still has new content coming out. It's not like, you know, it's well, it's, it's kind of like Tupac who had so much stuff that they ended up, you know, releasing more albums after he passed away than he released when he was alive. But yeah, but Fred Willard isn't somebody who we're, we're going back five years, 10 years, 20 years ago to his heyday. This is somebody who was showing up on the Jimmy Kimmel show on a very, very regular basis. This is somebody who, who is, I don't know how big the part will be, but he plays, um, you know, I saw Steve Carell talking about it in a clip and I've seen, um, uh, Greg Daniels talking about it. We'll talk about Space Force in a little bit, but the fact is he passed away still very, very, very active in the comedy world. What's the first thing that you remember? Oh, that's that guy, and I like him in that. Like, not looking back what you've seen over the past week, but where do you first remember seeing this guy and thinking, well, that guy's really fucking funny? Gee, I mean, it, it might have been in the... I can't say the Christopher Guest movies because I knew Fred Willard in, you know, growing up. He was just a face that was around. Like, he would just appear on things from time to time. I might have seen him on 
Letterman. I might have seen him on Carson. I'm probably most familiar with him now because of the Christopher Guest movies. But, yeah, I think he's just kind of always been there, especially in the 80s on sitcoms. Yeah, he he appeared on everything. I mean, he's been on, you know, he's been on The Simpson. He's been, I, I don't think there's a show. I mean, he was on the Weird Al show. Yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, for me, I remember seeing him in Spinal Tap, which, you know, I, I meant to bring it up like last week on the podcast. It's funny because Joe doing his research said, you know, he was watching what he considers the Christopher Guest trilogy. And you said, Mighty Win, Best of Show, Waiting for Guffman. And I'm like, wow. That's your holy trilogy, and it's not bad, but it's like, how do you have a holy trilogy of Christopher Guest without starting with Spinal Tap? Like, like for me, that that was the one where it's like the father, the son, and this guy. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's like, but but for me, seeing Fred Willard on that, and I, I lived on Spinal Tap in 85 86 my friend Daryl and I watched it almost daily, and and that's not an exaggeration. And then I remember seeing him on Letterman, and I remember seeing this bit on Letterman that I rewatched um, this week where he's on Letterman. He has a photo book because he's been in New York and he's been in the business since the early 60s, and he's met a lot of celebrity, and here's his photo book. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he brings out a photo album. <laughs> he always comes out with a bit. He never not has a bit. It's not like a, a personal interview that he does on Letterman. And he always has something prepared. And in this particular skit, he has a photo album where, you know, yeah, like he's, I, I can't even get through it because Jacques laughing so much. But he goes, yeah, Dave, I just wanted to show you my pictures of, of my celebrity encounters. Now, so you, do you know who you know who Mel Brooks is? And yeah, yeah, I know Mel Brooks. Well, here's where, here's where I met Mel. I met Mel at the at the Sands Hotel in Las Vegas in 1974. And uh, here's a picture that he took of me in our hotel in my hotel room. And it's all pictures of Fred Willard in different locations. Being the taken, fair, fair Fawcett story. Go on. She's in the bathtub and she's taking a bubble bath and he has to go to her hotel room. Her manager had to go get a pack of cigarettes and it was just him and her and he felt awkward, but he was wearing a camera around her neck and she said, you know, hey, I bet you would like to take a picture. And he was like, oh, yeah, that, that'd be great. So I hand her the camera. <laughs> you know? And then he shows a picture of like him in a leisure suit standing in a doorway. Because that, that might be a little racy for television. That might be a little too racy. So I remember seeing him on Spinal Tap. Tiny role. Tiny, tiny role, which, by the way, he wasn't going to do. You know, he has a military background, actually. You know, he went to military high school. Then he went to a military college. He wasn't a big military guy, but he said he went to this high school. Like his mom shipped him away when she got remarried. He kind of liked the discipline and he went to a military college. He didn't love it and he was going to transfer, but he was playing baseball and he didn't want to lose a year of college eligibility in red shirt. So he stuck it out and he played there and then he was – it was Vietnam. So he enlisted for like two years and stuff. So he's played a lot of military things. So when Christopher Guest called him and said, hey, we would like you to do this. He's like, well, I don't really think so. And he passed. And then Christopher Guest called back and he set up a meeting and he went to the office and Christopher Guest wasn't there. Assistant said, hey, you know, he'll be back in an hour, but here's a six minute scene from the movie that they already shot and edited. 
and then Fred Willett was like, I have to be in this movie. And, and, and then when Christopher Guest came back, he goes, okay, I'm in. He goes, great. We'll call your agent and we'll work out the details and money. I, I don't care. You know, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I'll be in it. And so, yeah, so, so I knew him from that. And then, like I said, around the same time, he, that's when he was on Letterman. I kind of remember him on Real People, but I, I remember the show Real People, but I don't remember him so much in it because it's probably tame you know what i mean he probably really had handcuffs on you know what i mean he couldn't be crazy as he was because it was was, you know it was a vanilla show but i do remember being in college and being home for break i think it was nick at night or the precursor to comedy central re-aired fernwood tonight and that's what killed me that's what absolutely hurt watching and realizing, oh, something can be this funny. I had not heard of Fernwood Tonight until very recently when stuff started coming out about Norman Lear's career. And so I knew All in the Family. I knew, you know, the, the, the mainstream stuff. I didn't know was Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, the soap opera parody that Norman Lear produced that was, I think, first-run syndication, or maybe it was a network. And Fernwood Tonight was actually a spinoff of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, Mary... Martin Mull's character was actually the brother of the character, twin brother, I think, of the character that he portrays on Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Fernwood Tonight is a parody of a local Ohio late night talk show or daytime talk show. It's a panel show. It's funny because we in the podcast this week were talking about We Don't Knock, you know, the WSBK did. And, and in that time period, Local UHF channels and local regular channels were really trying to make their mark. And so the, the great thing about this is this was really happening. These kind of shows, it was a precursor to cable access. I don't think cable access was really a thing yet. It might have been no, not in uh, coming out. Oh, no, not back then. But local channels were trying to do original programming. Mm-hmm. It took place in this town of Fernwood, Ohio, complete with a band, uh, Happy Kind and the Mirthmakers. Yeah, the guy that played uh, Happy was Frank Duvall. And if you IMDB him or Wikipedia him, it's like, holy shit, this guy was huge, like crazy huge. So back to Fred Willard. Fred Willard played the clueless uh, sidekick to Martin Mull's host and asks, you know, dumb, inappropriate, insensitive, but well-meaning questions of his guests. The thing that surprised me about Fernwood tonight and reading about it was the the approach that Norman Lear wanted to do was completely, he wanted it to be completely improvised because he knew how what great improvisers Martin Mull and Fred Willard were. The head writer of the show said, no, I think we should do it more scripted because that way it'll be it'll just come off funnier. They can improvise in between, but we really need a scripted structure. And eventually Norman Lear relented and turned out to be a good idea. That head writer was Alan Thicke. Right. How crazy is that? So he goes from Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, and we're not doing a Martin Mull side parody now, but they worked together. I mean, you know, taking us let's take a step back. So uh, Fred Willard was part of a comedy team that was doing very well on the touring comedy circuit. You know, the, the, the 60s a- were big. The Ace Trucking Company? No, this is before that. Willard um, and Greco? Correct. So they were a local, like, you know, 
the village, you know, in New York, you know, the, the neighbor of the village, they were, you know, a comedy team that ended up becoming a row, you know, couple row comic team. And they end up starting to do things on the Smothers Brothers. I think they want Steve Allen. They want Smothers Brothers. Ed Sullivan. Thank you. And then I guess they got offers to be part of Get Smart. And there was a, oh, Carol Burnett show. They, you know, the first season of Cal Burnett show, they were given off. Tonight show. Somehow they had a falling out with management, which caused them to have a rift. And that's when they like parted ways. But after that, you know, Fred Willard still was the darling of the Tonight Show and whatever, you know, he started showing up in all these variety shows and not always playing exactly the same character, but always playing that the straight guy who, so I was listening to Christopher Guest talk about him and a couple other people. It's like he would be so entrenched in a character that people be like, oh, that must just be who he is. And it was it Patton Oswalt I was listening to talk to him about like saying it, he never broke. Like he was so committed to whatever absurd character he was playing. And it's all improvised. Like 90% of the stuff that you see Fred Willard do in his entire career is improvised and it always amazed people how he was just locked in whether it was the ed sullivan show and so like when fur work tonight comes around norman lear had already worked with him for a long time and knew about his genius yeah and so fur work tonight was one of those first run syndication shows it only lasted 65 episodes 13 weeks in the summer of 77 and it had been i guess retooled to america tonight they moved to Los Angeles. So the show, it, 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 the Fernwood Tonight people, it was the same people, the same staff. And they did that so that they would be able to more realistically stunt cast the people because there was an episode of Fernwood Tonight that they had Tom Waits. And the only reason they had Tom Waits is his band was on tour and the bus broke down. <laughs> right. Makes sense. So then, yeah, then, you know, right after that, he, I think right after that, he does real people for like a year or two then left for a year and then came back for a year. But then that's when, you know, I think you and I really jump on board because, you know, at the same time, all through the 80s, he was big on Letterman. But that's when the Christopher Guest stuff had started in 80, 81 is when Spinal Tap is first done or 81, 82. 84. 84. And, and so Christopher Guest put him in everything after that. Yeah. And briefly, what I learned about his history before Spinal Tap was while he was hosting Real People, he was offered a part in another comedy movie that uh, he looked at the script and he's like, ah, I don't know, the jokes are kind of too punny. Um, I don't know, I'm doing this other show. And the, his agent was telling him, well, you don't have to do it. Just if you don't want to, you, you're still hosting. You can just say no. And so he said, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to pass. And time goes by. He runs into somebody at a party and he goes, oh, I just saw the, the, the hit comedy of the summer. What was it? Airplane. Oh, I was offered the role of the pilot in that movie. He was offered the role of Ted Stryker and said no. There was nothing like Airplane before that, but he did a kind of a a, a, a wacky comedy, comedy. Yeah. that failed. That was like the summer flop the summer before. And he had also just done, you know, a little while ago, the original Space Force came out. And it's the same thing. He was playing the captain of a wayward, like, spaceship, you know, kind of quirky. And although it was really different, he was like, yeah, you know, it's like I've just, like, the last couple things, I played a military guy. 
you know, a straightforward this and, you know, no. And he said that was his biggest career. His biggest career regret was that. But then years later, right, he gets uh, offered the role of the the lieutenant at the air base in Spinal Tap. If you could just do a, a just do a brief scene, just a little self-indulgent scene of Fred Willard greeting Spinal Tap. If picture, if you will, Spinal Tap arriving cold to this gig at an Air Force base. Uh, it's a hangar. They're greeted by uh, this uh, Fred Willard, complete in uh, in uniform. So this is uh, what we call our at ease weekend, you know, gives everybody a chance to kind of kick back and let their hair down. I can see you gentlemen have already got a jump on me. I said, I can't. I, I shouldn't joke that much. I do for a trim myself. I stand too close to think I'm part of the band. Uh, and so that's basically it. He just <laughs> and and he kicks himself because. Uh, he, he really wanted to do it. He really, really wanted to do it. His mom was visiting him and they said, oh, hey, we'd love you to come back tomorrow. We're going to be doing this scene. You're going to be in the audience and they're going to be shooting laser beams that actually misfire and almost hit you. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, well, my mom's in town. I haven't spent much time with her. I can't do it. And, and he's like, yeah, I should have done that scene. But still, that one scene he did locked him in forevermore. Like – when you see all the interviews, and it's not just the interviews the last two weeks that people have done. I'm going back with our I, – I, it's, it's absurd to say our research, Joe. It's absurd to say we've been researching Fred Willard for the last week. But I've been watching these old clips. And when all these other great actors like Catherine O'Hare talk about what it was like to work with Fred Willard and they just talk about – Oh, my God. It's like he's this crazy person who is so much fun to watch. I forget what which Christopher Guest movie it was. I think it was like Best in Show where they were like – it wasn't Best in Show. It was Waiting for Guffman where people – who weren't in the scene, would usually go back to their trailer, you know, who stayed on set to watch Fred Willard. Like everybody just wanted to watch him perform whether they were in a scene or not because you didn't know what was going to happen. And I think it was, was it Best in Show or Mighty Wind where they call Fred Willard, Christopher Guest calls Fred Willard and says it's all improvised. No, it was Waiting for Guffman. They had to learn songs and dances for the play they were in. But everything else was completely improvised. That's the movie him and Catherine O'Hare. And he wanted to get together and talk character development before her and what's our backstory and all this stuff. And she kept blowing him off. So they show up on the set day one and just everything you see is just being riffed. And he said the script for Waiting for Guffman was about 12 pages long, and it was like, okay, in this scene, you two people are talking about this, and this person comes in and go. And so, and so the whole movie, other than the songs and dances, were completely improvised. That's the way you make a, a hit movie. That's that's formula for success. So be, before we get into the Christopher Guest stuff, I just want to touch briefly upon the stuff between Spinal Tap and the Waiting for Guffman roles that he t that he took uh he won um or he was nominated for a daytime emmy award for hosting a show called what's hot and what's not it was like a talk show uh but then he also collaborated with his uh partner martin mull on a i think made for cinemax or hbo mockumentary style series called 
The History of White People in America, which was in 1985. Which I had never seen until my good friend Joe sent it to me yesterday. I had not really heard of it much until I started doing research on Fred Willard, of course, because I'm not, I guess, that old. And I didn't have cable until 91, so how the hell would I know? This thing, but by the way, for good reason, this particular series was not released to home video since VHS. There's no DVD of it. So the only way you can watch it is on YouTube. Luckily, some genius actually bought the tapes. They put out the series after they aired on HBO. It's uh, They put out The History of White People, Volume 1, and The History of White People in America, Volume 2. And it's a mockumentary-style series where Martin Mull is the host, and he shows you basically the a day, days in the lives of ordinary white people and you know, it points out their, their their foibles and their differences and what makes them special. The thing with mayonnaise at their cookout, <laughs> the whole mayonnaise thing. You know, so Fred Willard is cooking, and his wife comes out, and she needs mayonnaise for the potato salad. He goes, "Oh, I was going to borrow your mayonnaise because I'm already out of mayonnaise." Well, go ask Cindy for her mayonnaise. Oh, well, Cindy ran out of mayonnaise because she was doing this. Well, ask little Mikey, and Mikey's mad because his sister used all his mayonnaise because she. <laughs> it's like this whole thing about what. And the thing that surprises me about not having heard about this. Steve Martin is in it, and Terry Gar is in it, and you go down the list of these huge people. And look, we're not doing a Steve Martin thing, but Steve Martin, and, I, and this is why it was never released again. It's so racist, and it's just so awesomely awful. Some racist, but Steve Martin talking about it's unfair that he's been typecast as a white actor, and that <laughs> and that he went in to read for the for the Wilt Chamberlain documented story and they gave it to somebody else and he knows he gave a much better reading and he's being discriminated against. He's being discriminated against because he's white. He goes, yeah, you do a movie, you get cast as a white guy and you do another movie and you get cast as a white guy like three or four movies later. Well, now you're typecast and all you can do is play white guys and it's not fair. Right, yeah. <laughs> so Fred Will is greater than that and then uh, he also is uh, the human role on a a show called DC Follies with the Sid and Marty Croft puppets. And it, these were those those very caricature puppets of political figures and celebrities. They were featured in the music video for Land of Confusion. We talked about this. And Fred Willard played the bartender at the bar in, in Washington, D.C., where all of these puppets would come in to shoot the shit with Fred Willard. And so it was, yeah, it was like the Muppet Show meets Murphy Brown Murphy. Meets, meets Cheers. And again, he, and we did, we talked about last week's um, Carnival Personnel, but yeah, he was the only human, which we'll touch on in a few minutes, but that becomes a regular thing where he's in an animated movie. He's in a puppet movie where he's the only real person. Uh, but going back to Space Force, did you watch any of the original Space Force in 1978? Did you find any of those on, on YouTube? There's just one pilot that never got picked up, and it, it actually aired on TV. But yes, Space Force was, yeah, it was like sort of like um, a bumbling crew of military personnel that I, I guess they were out. I don't know. I, I really don't, I didn't stick too much with the plot because I was just too fascinated with just the machinations of everything. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious that you said plot. That's good. Huh? Right. Uh, I, I will say my favorite part, and, and, and this is often the case, my favorite part of 
Welcome back, Carter. It's the theme song. My favorite part about Space Force is the theme song, and it is awesome. And, and it's one of those things where it tells you the entire story. It's like, Gilligan's Island, essentially, in space. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, but but honestly, you know, it is great that, you know, they decided to include him on the new Space Force, you know. Uh, but, but we'll get to that. And again, it's one of those things where Fernwood tonight, and you go through the list, like, how many, and I, I didn't put this together, how much stuff did him and Martin Mull do together? Because it, it, they did Fernwood tonight. They played a gay couple on the last season of Roseanne together. It's so much of their stuff intertwined. Yeah, I think those three, those are the three big points, I guess, would be Fernwood tonight and the history of white people in America and then the Roseanne thing in the late 90s or in the mid 90s. So Steve Martin was part of that white people in America. And then later on, Fred Willard and Steve Martin are in Roxanne together, which was oh, great. Yeah. He, play, he played the mayor and that movie, you know, in Roxanne. And it's just it's it's fantastic. I mean, here's Steve Martin who, you know, breaks onto the comedy scene and it is a huge stand-up in 74, 75, 76 before, you know, going on to the jerk. And at that point, he probably honestly had seen, you know, Fred Willard on the Dean Martin show and the Ed Sullivan show. You know, all this, all the shows he had done before that and, and, and probably, you know, was just a huge fan uh, long before they did white people in America together. Uh, just a quick run of the IMDb in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, he did DC Follies. You know, he had a small bit in a Martin Short thing. He did uh, an episode of Murder, She Wrote, Golden Girls, Harry and the Hendersons, Nurses, Married with Children. Like, these are all one-episode things. Like, everything that was on television is just like, okay, we've been on for, what, five years now, four years? Can we get Fred Willard to do something? He was on Stargate SG-1, everything. So that's why I'm like, when you're asking me, you know, what do you remember him from? I'm like, everything, because it was everywhere. Uh, I couldn't really pinpoint it. So now I guess we can move into the meat. The meat and potatoes of his career, at least to to uh, this generation, I guess you would say, would be the the, the Christopher Guest movies. Uh, uh, but also in there, you know, later we cannot forget uh, Austin Powers or Anchorman. Right, like he, he he was huge in those movies. Right. But I want to talk about the Christopher. I'm trying to segment this fucking thing. I'm trying to no. do Christopher Guest movies. You're you're trying to get to your favorite thing, which no one faults you for for your favorite and and I, I didn't ask you i'm assuming and i know i make an ass out of you me i'm assuming your favorite fred willard thing ever is best to show oh god of course i mean that's everybody's favorite that's like you know i'm i'm i'm, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to fred willard <laughs> and best in show his turn is buck laughlin the hap the the the, the, the clueless here's fred willard's character in a nutshell completely unprepared but completely sure of himself it just doesn't want to put it it's like me on this podcast but much more able to pull it off in a, in a more convincing way in a more authoritative way no you're unprepared and you know you're unprepared and you know i'm gonna do an awful job he knows he's unprepared but knows he's gonna fucking kill it exactly knock it out of the park that oh my god they're going to forget every dog that they saw here and i'm the only thing that people are going to talk about because i am the greatest thing any of these people have ever seen ever yeah for so fred willard had you know again i guess he only had like a day or so to do this role and christopher guest gave him the explicit instruction one instruction 
Do not study up on dogs or dog shows. Don't do any research. Just come in as you. Whereas he gave the other actor who played his, the, the, the expert commentator uh, at the dog show, he told that person to do all the research. <laughs> Basically, like, learn everything you know about dogs. So much so that people would have, were surprised to find out that he wasn't a real dog show expert. That he was, just a, he was an actor playing a role. But yeah, Fred Willard in that role is just, you know, like, do the dogs know how tense of a moment this is? Do they know how, how important this is? <laughs> when, uh, when he talks about like, now, now why, why are they walking the dog like that way? So you can watch, Oh, they're checking the gate as they walk, you know, but they want to see how they walk away and then walk them back. And then he just, I, I don't even want to say, so you can go off about, Oh, that's how that's how a lot of my dates go. You know, I, <laughs> I like to watch them. A lot of them walk away more than they actually walk toward me. <laughs> and then one of the judges is feeling up the dog and feeling the stance of the dog, and then feeling the undercarriage of the male dog. And oh, what's what's that judge doing there now? Why? Uh, well, uh, Buck, she's actually uh, feeling his uh, his testicular area. Oh, hey, you know, hate to be going on a date with her. <laughs> <laughs> just everything he's it was one of those things and you can pinpoint there's some movies where an actor's in it and for a little a small bit they they might only be in one or two little scenes and they completely steal it just absolutely completely steal it and there isn't a person i know a best of show is great it's it's i don't know if it's in my holy trilogy of christopher guest movies but that performance is probably Outside of Spinal Tap, my favorite performance of anybody in a Christopher Guest movie. Now, that that's a bloodhound, isn't it? Yes, it is. Are they allowed to put costumes on these dogs? Like, what would it, what would it, what would it, what would it, you think it would be good if we could just put, like, a Sherlock Holmes hat on with a put a pipe in his mouth, you know, maybe make smoke come out of the pipe somehow? I don't know. Are they allowed to do that sort of thing? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. he 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 was just... He was just so great. And you know what? Some of the questions he asked, I think the audience wanted answers to. I think they wanted to know, can they put these dogs in costume? <laughs> Why do they make them walk away and then walk, make them walk I, them back? I'd enjoy, I would watch dog shows more if they did put the bloodhounds in Sherlock Holmes costumes. I 100% would be in. But the other Christopher Guest roles were like, just, I mean, the other well, movies. And Mighty Wind, his, what was his catchphrase? Was it, was it? Hey, what hey. happened? <laughs> hey, what and, happened? Yeah, his name was Mike LaFontaine. I forget how he thought he was famous for that line, but he kept trying to get it. And there's a great scene that I was watching where everybody else is rehearsing a song and he comes in and interrupts. And that's, that's where there's no script. And yeah. here's Christopher Guest talking about there's no script. They just tell him it's like, okay, they're going to be singing the song and you're going to come on in and just interrupt them. Right. Michael LaFontaine was the manager of the new Main Street Singers. And that was the group that was very clean cut. It's, a, it's in a mighty win. It's about all these folk acts reuniting or getting together to do a tribute to like uh, a legend of folk music that had since passed. They were going to do a PBS live special where they were going to perform. And in this one scene that Jock's talking about, Mike LaFontaine, a.k.a. Fred Willard, comes in and he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt. He's got the frosted tips on his hair. You know, he walks in and everybody's 
you know, Jane Lynch is, in, is part of the band, and they're all singing and, you know, rehearsing this very clean-cut Lawrence Welk-esque song, and he comes and he goes, Fair away, fair away, and her main top sail to the fur below oh, the wily way. way. I got an idea, a very literate reference. I don't know if you're familiar with a book about a, a, a pirate captain. His name is Moby Dick. He was chasing a, some big whale, and he had a catchphrase. He'd always yell out, there she blows. So I thought if you could do that, we'd have someone on stage drench the whole group with water. And um, you could look at the camera and say, hey, what happened? And every time, another thing of water, and by then you're all soaked, even the ladies. And at the end of the song, you turn the guitars and all upside down and water splashes out, kerplunk. (laughs) It's just a thought. And the great thing is, nobody knows what he's got. Look, this is why Christopher Guest, and it's funny, you know, I I heard Fred Willard talk about, oh, well, why have me do the role? It's like, aren't you friends with Billy Crystal? And because, yeah, but they're stars. <laughs> and it's like he 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 didn't want big names that like, you know, who would detract from being able to do that. I mean, it's like, and it's funny because here's Christopher Guest. I saw talking on Charlie Rose show where he was saying that yeah, like Steve Martin kept wanting to do his movies, but it's like yeah, but then it becomes a Steve Martin movie and it takes away. But the uh, the ensemble who worked with Fred Willard, you got to give them credit. How do they not break when he's just you know coming in? just doing that riff and they're reacting to him as you would react to a crazy person coming in doing that without overselling it or underselling it. I'm imagining there's a lot of cutting around Fred Willard scenes so that they, you know, so moving on from that Austin power movie, you know, he, he, he was great. Um, but Anchorman, just, just you know, again, just absolutely playing the same kind of deadpan, but just committed to the absurdity kind of, the absurdity around him. He was the guy who goes when Ron Burgundy's reading the teleprompter and somebody accidentally puts a question mark in the teleprompter and he goes, I'm, I'm Ron, Ron Burgundy. Burgundy. <laughs> and then Fred Willard goes, God damn it, who put a question mark in there? You know that idiot's going to read anything that's on that teleprompter? We're rambling here, but how then, about Wally? How about Wally? Wally was where he, he broke new ground in animation by not being animated. <laughs> and it, like we said, DC Wally. I mean, it, it was one of those things where I think you were reading and telling me about. They're like, yeah, he's just too great to animate. Let's just Pixar thought that he was just too good. I think they just thought that he himself was perfect enough for the role. That they didn't want him to play a character. That it was just sort of like, oh, it's Fred Willard. You know, like, oh, we know what we're going to get now. We know. he's this, Of course, he's the CEO of, by and large, the, the, the company that essentially rules the world in Wally, where he does those post-apocalyptic, you know, in case of emergency, break glass videos where it's like, okay, so we've screwed up. Play this video. And it's him laying out the plans of, like, how we're going to. You're going to be shot up into space, and we're going to evacuate Earth, and in a couple of years, after we clean up the mess, you're going to come back down. And then, of course, they discover later on that that's not the case, that they, there was really no plan, kind of like a certain other guy we're thinking of right now, where they tell us there's a plan when really there is none. So I want to talk about Space Force the new one coming out, and then I want to talk about the late night, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, basically. So Space Force is a new uh, Steve Carell movie, and he plays Steve Carell's father. What's that? Serious. Serious, sorry, thank you. It's coming out on Netflix. 
I saw Steve Carell talking to Colbert about this, and then I saw Greg Daniels doing an interview with somebody else. Both telling the exact same story where he comes in and he does this scene and it's scripted and he hits it and it's funny and everybody loves it. And then Greg Daniels like, okay, you know, why don't we do another take and Fred, just do what you want. Just riff. He goes off on a five minute tangent <laughs> and at the end of it, the cat, the, the crew puts down their equipment and stands up and gives him an ovation. He literally gets a standing ovation from everybody in the cast and crew for just ripping on this five-minute thing. They get into the edit bay to edit it, and they're like, what are we doing? And just roll the whole five thing. They made no edits. They didn't take, well, we're going to take 75% of this, but let's you know cut in a couple of things he said from the script part. They're like, no. So when you see the pilot episode of Space Force, and you see Fred Willard go on a five-minute monologue that is 100% unscripted, completely improvised, all Fred Willard, who plays Steve Carell's father. And it's essentially his swan song, because right. it'll be the last thing we, I think, unless, uh, who knows? Who knows what other gems after the fact that we'll see what Fred Willard pop, it, pop up in, but that will be fun to watch. But yes, let's now talk about... Who, by the way, we might. I think someday we might have to do a Jimmy Kimmel sideshow because Jimmy Kimmel, in the past five or ten years, has been involved in everything good that's been on television. I, I, I mean, and I used to love him when I got to L.A. He was the third wheel on K Rock on Kevin and Bean. You know, he was the third wheel who ended up then giving his role to his roommate um, Corolla. Yeah, Adam Carolla, you know, but be just before Kimmel, like we talked about, I mean, he did all the, you know, all the talk shows in the 60s, the 70s. He was huge. Like you said, he did like 50 different skits on The Tonight on, Show tonight. With, with Carson and Jay Leno. Um, he did a bunch of stuff on Conan, like early Conan. I've seen some great clips this week, you know, going back. But then over like the last ever since Jimmy Kimmel Live has come out, him and Jimmy Kimmel develop something and and i'll let you talk about the kimmel tribute last week after fred had passed the monday night episode of jimmy kimmel the whole episode is dedicated to just remembering fred willard and how he came to be a part of the jimmy kimmel show and again it goes back to space force trump announces this ridiculous branch of the military space force and so they decided you know well let's see if we can do a bit with this with, you know, a comic actor. And, and they were doing research on Space Force, and then all of a sudden they find out that there's this little pilot TV show called Space Force that Fred Willard starred in. So the first skit that Fred Willard was a part of on Jimmy Kimmel Live was him reprising his role as the commander on Space Force with the costume and the set and everything, and it was great. And it's, all of it is sort of like live via satellite. So it's Kimmel addressing the camera, and it's a split screen, and Fred Willard's on the other side. And so they decided, well, you know, that was great. Let's just have him back whenever we fucking can. So anytime there was uh, a sketch where they needed to have a representative talk about something that came up in the news, they'd call Fred Willard in. And they'd call him, like, at noon. And it's like, okay, we have an idea. It's uh, going to be a little, you know, two-minute bit. You, you show up at two and we tape at five, and that's it. And he would always be on 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 the spot. I think once they used him twice <laughs> in two right. different skits in one in one uh, episode. 
it was great because he said that. He goes, we would have at the daily writing meeting, he goes, there was almost never a day where somebody didn't pitch something. They're like, and we can have Fred Willard do this. He goes, I remember there was one time we were like, five different writers pitched something that we wanted us to call Fred Willard to bring him in. And we, and we did. I think that's the one day that they had him do two things. But he goes, he, he never passed on anything. He was always great. It's like, yep, I'll be there. Okay, what is it? I'm a captain of like uh, Carnival what, cruise ship. Carnival cruise ship during the pandemic. You know, I mean, just really recently. And I'm like, oh, everything he played. And again, just no matter how absurd it was, he was so dialed in to doing it. He's so committed to doing it. And, and, and that's what Kimmel was saying. Like, you never knew what you were going to get out of him. You just knew what you were going to get was genius. I mean, if you watch one, you know, Fred Willard thing, uh, you know, I, I saw like a nine minute edited down Jimmy Kimmel tribute that I would highly, highly, highly suggest it. But like, you know, Ruffles potato chip. You, you, you can't just watch one. Luckily, on YouTube, you can watch a curated playlist on Jimmy Kimmel's YouTube channel that has just Fred Willard bits. Kudos to the writers who could write for Fred Willard because the bits are funny. The bits aren't just like, oh, here's a we're going to hang uh, Fred Willard uh, out to dry on this sort of cornball premise and he's just going to go and it's going to be kind of a train wreck but it's going to be fun to watch. No, they're really well scripted bits. But a lot of the magic in Fred Willard's delivery is that he'll throw out a line very, you know, matter-of-factly and then like if he wants to say something, you know, sneaky or kind of ribald, he'll kind of put his hand up to the side of his mouth and kind of whisper it to the camera. <laughs> And then, like, if he says something that's kind of, like, a little off-color, he, he always looks off to the side as if, like, there's somebody else in the room. <laughs> that he needs approval from. No, or, yeah, like, right, that he's like, eh, wasn't that a good one? You know, like, <laughs> a lot of times he's, like, in a bunker. You know, like, he's, he's yeah, like, playing a yeah. character that's alone somewhere, and he's kind of looking off to the side like he's making the, the audio guy laugh or something. But that's just the magic like it, there's a gleam in his eye there's a you know that you can hear like there's a timber still in his voice he still has it he he, he you know I, i'm not quite sure what he passed from but uh whatever it is uh i i want it cured so that it doesn't <laughs> I, that it never happens to anybody awesome like fred willard again but it, you know there's also a story that jimmy kimmel tells about um, a Christmas tree being taken down in his house and how Fred Willow was upset oh. about it. And I'm not going to tell it and spoil it here, but go watch the Jimmy Kimmel tribute and find out just how wonderful a Fred Willard was as a, not only an actor, but as a person, as a presence. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it tugs on, if you have a heartstring or two, it might tug on it. So be yeah, forewarned. Yeah, yeah. He had one wife. Yeah, I think he was, you know, married for like 50 years, 50 plus years. Uh, she passed a couple years ago, you know, one child. But yeah, he just, for somebody to have been in the public eye this long and to have, and, and whether I was watching interviews from, you know, people in the 80s who worked with him up to Steve Carell talking about him, who just recently worked with him, people talked with him like, my God, the fact I got to work with him and at Second City here and stuff. And I learned so much or just I didn't learn anything. I just got to work with him. I stood there every day with my jaw down like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm getting to work with this guy. I will never be that good. He's magic. Fred Willard was magic. He's returned to the ether. 
Uh, rest in peace, Fred Willard. Uh, but thank God there are honestly hundreds of hours of just whether it's Fernwood. Fernwood tonight isn't dated. If Fernwood tonight, if they ran Fernwood tonight, like yeah, they couldn't be... run Fernwood tonight. That's they the couldn't because there's a. I'm getting back real quick to Fernwood yeah. tonight. The first week I watched, there's a segment where they have a principal on as a guest. And they're dem- he's demonstrating corporal punishment, the proper way to administer corporal punishment. And the example that they use is they bring on an 18-year-old girl who's very good-looking, who's wearing short shorts, who he then proceeds to bend over his knee and show Martin Mull and Fred Willard exactly how to spank the child. It's a, you know, it's a downward thrust, swipe, and pat. It's a thrust, swipe, and pat. And the child isn't hurt, but the child knows. <laughs> and it's that type of humor. And Fred, well, there's, a, there's a great segment that's on YouTube called uh, Talk to a Jew. Yep, yep. Talk to a Jew where a Jewish person is caught speeding through Fernwood. And, you know, he doesn't live in Fernwood or he was just visiting, but he was caught speeding. And he was given a ticket, but they decided to have him in because how often do you get a Jew in, in Fernwood, Ohio? <laughs> so they bring him in and they have like phone calls. And, uh, you know, Fred Willard leans in and goes, the caller mentioned uh, that Barbara Streisand, you must be very proud of her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> that kind oh, of thing. Okay. So maybe you couldn't, you know, air, air all of, <laughs> but, but, but the concept that he was great. Like I said, you know, he, he passed away, but yet has, some, has something new coming out that, he looks fantastic that, you know, Greg Daniels and Steve Carell are just so happy that they got him. Yes. You know, for this. So it's a sad passing. Uh, I've enjoyed my research. Um, I don't think I'm done with my research. Neither am I. <laughs> I th- well, we are done with this sideshow. So go watch the Jimmy Kimmel thing. Um, just Google. Go, go watch. Just Fred, Google Fred Willard. Fred Willard, man, and just you go to town. I mean, yeah, it's there. There's and then there's like Second City stuff that he'd done recently with like you know the younger generation right. that just came out like a year or two ago. That's funny. And uh, you mentioned it, but we didn't even go into Ace Trucking Company because, like I said, you know we could we could have very easily done a two part you know uh, sideshow. My favorite part about this sideshow is Joe. I do not know the last time I've seen this level of sustained excitement. From you, like nor, you, nor will you, you. you, you've literally been enjoying this research more than any other sideshow I think we've ever done. Yes, yeah. If uh, if all sideshows could be about uh, genius comedians instead of stupid Star Wars stuff, then I'd be a happy man. But you know what? It's something I'm for everybody know. here. Something for everybody here. <laughs> um, well, thank you for indulging. Do you think they? Do you think they know that they're in space? Jacques, you know Star Wars. Do you think they know, like when they're when they're flying around there, they got their laser guns. First of all, I mean, you know, kind of an irresponsible thing shooting lasers in a in a space in a space place. I mean, hey, hey, you know what if I go, hey, zap, pow, you know, bang, I just punctured a hole in the hull of the ship. We're all dead, but you know that's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, and what? And listen, if they got the if they got the shooters right, what what do they need the laser swords for? Isn't that kind of going backwards? It's like, hey, you know, we got these MP3 players. You know what I like to strap onto my back is a record player. You know, like that's kind of, <laughs> you know, it, it seems kind of. I don't know. Maybe they know better than me, but and it's not. You know what? Something for everybody. Am I right? You know what I'm talking about, right? All right. 
And this self-indulgent theater of JoJo and Fred Willett were sponsored by uh, Showtime's History of White America. Yeah, History of White People in America, volumes one and two. Well, anyways, that's we've rambled long enough. Thank you for listening. God bless you, Fred Willard. You're the best. Yeah, I, I guess we only have, like, what, three funny people left in America now? Are we, are we, is that pretty much it? One, two. Oh, no, not, no, no, not us. Not us. Anyways, I think the the best way to honor Fred Willard is for us to stop talking about him. So on that note, Jack and people out there, don't forget. We keep the galaxy from getting worse. Always Johnny on the spot. We're the Space Force and Ace Force. We will fight to keep your planet free. You can say goodbye to tyranny. Oh!